We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. You're joining us. Let's see. We're recording and we're going live, but as you can see, there's nobody here yet on the live stream. Uh, it's about 8:30 on October 17th. It's a Tuesday, and it has been a week since you and I had talked. We had planned to talk during the Real Madrid game. But uh, but like a, a ser- actually no we didn't because I was taking a vacation day. A series yeah. of life events happened, and that's why Josh and I or uh, uh, Doyle and I recorded. And my favorite was I got an email from somebody who was like, "That Doyle guy is a casual. He doesn't know anything about the Mavs." And I was like, I just like was dying laughing. So I'm like, Doyle's been a fan of the team for like 40 years, and and no, no, he's not a casual. He just like wasn't prepared to podcast and was doing me a solid. Um, anyway, Josh, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm here, which I think is a big deal. Um, I, for, for our listeners, um, I don't know how much TMI I'm going to go into, but so like right around, I think halftime of the real, so that was literally a week from today. So right around halftime, um, my lower back, uh, went on fire, the left side of my lower back. And at first I was like, okay, it's just back pain. I'm going to put some icy hot on it, take some ibuprofen. And shockingly, it did not go away. And it became so excruciating that I am like literally, I am sweating. I am in tears. Um, I can't move. I can't sit. Nothing feels comfortable. We have one car at our house. Um, We're a one car family because I work from home and my wife kind of splits work from home and office. She's at the office, of course. Today's an office day for her last week. Have to call her. I don't want to pay for an ambulance. I'm texting her. I I have to go to the ER. 
That's the correct call, by the way. You don't want to pay for an ambulance. Uh, So I go to the hospital. Um, I'm in the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And of course, uh, if I'm sure listeners can probably deduce, I had a kidney stone. I know I posted about it on Twitter. We are old Um, as fuck. Huh? We are old. I know. It was was awful. Um, The doctor came in after I got my CT scan and he was like, congratulations, you just experienced... Uh, the closest thing a male can experience that's equivalent to childbirth. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, that makes sense. And it was a comedy of errors because I didn't tell you this. We're just story time with Josh before we start talking about basketball. But so I'm I'm in the uh, hospital room and I'm dying. Like I can't walk. Like the pain is so excruciating. I can't sit down because that makes it worse. But when I'm standing up, it's also bad. Like it's bad. Like there's no way I can get comfortable. And if anyone's right. had a kidney stone, they can relate to that. Um, yeah, chat saying I was born in 1989, so yeah, 30, 34. Yeah, I was right. I just so, and what sucks is I have deep veins, so the only way I can get relief is if they stick me with an IV and get the morphine and get the drugs in. And there are three nurses surrounding my arm trying to find a vein while I am sweating. I'm spat, my back is spasming because the pain is so great. I'm trying not, I'm trying to be applied as I can, but I'm just telling these nurses, like, I can't do this. I'm in pain. Like, we got to get this going. And they're like, we can't do anything until we get, you know, we get the IV. In right. And then finally they do. And, and once the drugs came in, it was, it was instant relief. And doctor came in and confirmed the kidney stone. And the thing about the kidney stone is, like, they got the drugs and I felt better. I didn't, pa- you know, this is now TMI, but I didn't pass it till about two days ago. So thankfully the pain went away, but when you know, like 90% goes- of our viewership is and listenership is men and men. And like, this yeah. is, this is not an uncommon thing. Drink, like a third of our staff has had this happen to them basically yes. is what I found out in the intervening days. And it's like, Oh my God. And, and the worst part. So like the, the pain, the intense pain comes from when it's going to your kidney, from yep. the kidney, your bladder. Once it's in your bladder, it doesn't hurt anymore. Um, but so the pain was gone. Well, I mean, I still had pain. Because, I mean, my back, was, like, the pain was so bad, like, my kidney was inflamed. And then when you have that much pain, like, guess what? There's all your back muscles are around your kidney. So my back hurt, like, because my back was sore. Um, and then the worst part is, so once it gets in your bladder, the stone, it puts pressure on your bladder. So I felt like I had to pee 24-7, even after I peed. I'm sorry, TMI. But, like, I would go to the bathroom, go number one, and then, like, I still had that oh sense Oh, my God. Of- <laughs> it's um so i finally i'm drinking like i i can't imagine how much water i've drink drank since tuesday um probably like a gallon over a gallon a day um finally passed it a couple days ago and it was like instant relief like it was like, like it went away and- we have multiple people in the chat chiming <laughs> in that they have had this happen to them so just to, and i'm learned i've learned a lot but it was it it, it you know and and life happens and yeah. like i don't know if you guys like at this point last year, I was sounding like I smoked four packs a day. Um, I was listening to an old show from last year, just kind of get a tune of what we were talking about. And it's like, you know, just doing this stuff on on the side for fun. The fact that we build all these things in and are still able to do it around life is really funny when we're done. Like at the time, it's like, oh, it's fine. We'll just fit this in. And then I look back and I'm like, how do we do all these things? So you're a real trooper for for passing through and um you know even doing this today because you know it's uh it's preseason you didn't have to show up josh we're, we're glad you're doing a show with us 
Yeah. So, but thankfully, like, thank, thank you, Maverick Schedule, because literally like, they have been off since then, in between then and now. So, well, we can so catch be- up. Before we do catch up, I did want to take a minute, and I'm really glad. I think it was Chance in the chat who noted this because it's actually something that I wanted to to bring up. Um, we wanted to wish our our. They were actually, you know, our colleagues at one point, Nick and Isaac, because we shared uh, Nick and Isaac over at Locked On Mavs. They posted their podcast on our site for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they do it, WFAA now. Uh, we are, we, we are all friendly. You know, there's not Nick a lot started of... as an MMB staffer before becoming the lockdown host. Was he? Yes. I thought he did that. And it's I'm... been a lot. Well, the point is we I all think. work together and <laughs> yes. we've, we've been, you know, like most of Mavs media, pseudo media, whatever you want to call us all tend to know one another in one way, shape or form. Um, you know, Nick has managed to really work his ass off and turn locked on into a full-time job. Like he obviously does locked on Mavs. But then he does locked on NBA and he does a lot of their coordination, like the stuff he does behind the scenes, like from my understanding, from talking to other locked on people, Nick is a real like driving force over there. Um, and then Isaac has has gotten a job with the Mavericks and he's just not able to do locked on full time anymore. And, you know, and Isaac was talking about this and like it was really like kind of surprising because I mean, like we're all friends, but I don't get a chance to listen to their show all the time. But like when Isaac was talked about how they've done it, to, you know, they basically podcasted together six out of the seven days of the week for seven years. Yeah, that 18, locked on schedule is insane. I don't know. 1800 shows. And yeah. it's, you know, just shout out to them. Yep. Like, I'm not sure who um, I'm going to be very curious to see Nick, who, who Nick like works with next, because those two had like. Like what you hear, and this is just like a, this is a fact in in the industry. A lot of people that work together aren't really friends. Um, my favorite podcast, basketball podcast for years and years, was Matt Moore and Zach Harper. They don't talk to each other anymore, like at all. And they used to, they talk to each other every for like five years. You know, I know Kevin O'Connor and like um, Chris Vernon are pretty good friends. Nick and Isaac are like real friends. Like, I think they would choose to spend time together even if they weren't doing Mav stuff. And, like, that sort of thing. I don't know. I think it's really cool. They have a great relationship. They have a great audience. I think we share some of the same audience. I, we're definitely not for everyone, as people let us know in the comments. But, um, you know, I just I, – I admire them a great deal. I, I looked, you know, kind of looked to them as a measuring stick in a lot of senses because, you know, I wanted to attempt to do a daily podcast for about a year and a half. Then I tried and I couldn't fucking do it. Um, so, you know, there's yeah. just this, this there's a real level of, of um, just kind of respect there and, you know, fondness and just wanted to tell Isaac best, uh, best of luck in the new endeavor over with the Mavs, which obviously we'll see because we know all those people and well, but you know, it's wanted to, to give him a quick shout out before, before we get on with the show. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, on a personal note, um, if anyone's met Isaac before, just, you know, nicest dude easily one of the nicest guys i've ever met you know one of the things is we don't see each other in person right all that often especially since i don't you know when i went to games you know you see him more often but i don't go to games anymore and then you know once the season starts you know there's not a lot of time for socializing so we don't see each other in person that often mm-hmm. but he's definitely one of those guys where i could not see him for like six months or a year and then when i see him at an event or a game or something he's just like you know it's like i just saw him yesterday you know that kind of guy oh yeah um, great, very great welcoming guy. and nice so uh yeah all the best to i will miss I, I i hope he still comes with some of his hot takes because you know for every he he and i 
rival one another for really awful basketball takes related <laughs> to the Mavericks, you know, cause he, my favorite one, I will never, never let him live it down was uh, the, the um, JaVale McGee signing will be like one of the best in the league. Like that was the take he had to love that. So it's like, just that kind of like, nobody would have said like, that's a takes balls to say something like that. Love that thing. Anyway. So we're here now. Um, you know, it's funny. The Mavericks lost to Real Madrid. Doyle and I were kind of reeling when we talked about it. I don't think we were too bothered by the loss and inside the fact that I didn't want them to lose, period. Um, I would like them to win a game um, <laughs> in the preseason. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Meta Robinson wrote this really good piece for us. Uh, just kind of, you know, she's in, I think she's in Denmark. She uh, 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 really sort of put the loss in context. It's like this is a team with nine NBA players and really good former NBA players too. And they play team system and they were trying to come back and win. They really, and, and they did a great job and they executed. I think it, it, you know, I'm a little alarmed in hindsight that kid and company didn't really try to push the win for like to win themselves, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, and in the days since it's been really quiet on the Mavericks front. Um, and I think that as other preseason play that we've witnessed, the Victor Weminyama of it all, Amin Thompson having himself a game yesterday, there's the absence of Mavericks basketball for me is creating like the lack of narrative, the lack of anything. <laughs> An existential dread has started to fill that space oh, no. for me. And, and you've been I'm, really happy this summer. Too. I have been. You've been happy, Kirk. And I and I'm still happy. I'm more like uh, I I don't know how to put my and I started to write about it and then I stopped because I have a reputation that is well earned and usually correct for being a negative Nancy. But my thinking is it's just it's like I'm wondering how much the absence of the Mavericks just not playing period is playing into that existential dread or if there are bigger concerns, which we're all kind of hand-waving. What do you it's think? Re it's really tough because I think the last time we talked um, before, so I guess it was the after the second, I don't know, maybe the first, I don't know. Whenever the last time we talked, uh, I mentioned about how historically, like preseason doesn't really matter. But the thing that matters, is, like the one thing that has has shown to be a historical trend is if you go winless in the preseason, that usually means you have a bad season, which like, hey, connect the dots. If you go winless in the preseason, usually that's bad teams go winless in the preseason. Right. Um, but the the one thing that, so like the Mavericks being 0-3 and having one more game left and Luka's not going to play in it, like that obviously, you know, raises some alarm bells. You know, they could go 0-4 uh, in the preseason. Um, I think it's likely. Yeah, so that's going to raise some alarm bells, but then you have to look at the context, and Kyrie is, I think, might play Friday. We don't know, but he missed two preseason games. Luka is going to, for all practicality, miss at least two. You know, he ba he basically didn't play in Madrid. He's going to miss Friday. Um, so there's that part of it that you can kind of use a hand wave it. Also, Kid has been maybe playing lineups that aren't really going to factor into the regular season right away. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, he flat out, you know, he's – starting lively and prosper because he would rather them get reps and feel like his vets are going to be ready because, you know, once the NBA season starts, there's not as many opportunities for reps. Um, yep. So he wanted to get those guys as much time as possible. So that makes sense. But that's also going to mean you're going to look kind of stinky with two rookies 
uh, playing a lot of minutes uh, early on, despite the fact that we still think those guys have a lot of promise and have shown shown some good quality. So there's that to it. Um, so it's hard to parse like what's real and what's not real. Um, the one could, thing I think that could be real, like the injury thing, like that's mm. the thing that even if you want to ignore a lot of the noise about what they've done in the preseason, I mean, if Luca isn't hundred percent on day one, that's going to, th- or if Kyrie's not hundred percent on day run, like if those two guys aren't ready to go against the Spurs on October 25th, that's going to cause some problems because this whole team is built around those two guys being able to be on the floor, being able to play a lot because the rest of the team is kind of fitting in around those guys. Like they don't have a third star. They don't have a third guy. Really. They just have a bunch of other really quality role players that, that are pretty good. But the biggest question mark on the team is they don't know. They might not have the strongest third best player compared to their Western conference opponents. So if one of your top two are gone and you're raising everyone up the ladder one more rung, uh, it kind of causes a cascade effect that can be be troubling. But, you know, we have to wait and see if they're, you know, they think well, Lucas might be healthy and Kyrie practice fully. So but that that's the actual like if I'm worried about anything, it's it's the health of, of Kyrie and Luca. Which and and I, I said this to Doyle. I've said this online a few times. It was actually the genesis of what I started to write about kind of before I, I I just turned it off. But it's like, if Kyrie isn't playing or if Luke is not playing, this doesn't work. Right. And that's literally by design. Yes. Like that's it's in that that's not a hater statement. That's the whole point. Like the NBA is rough and tumble. You go look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they're playing right now. They just got a lot of dudes. The Mavericks don't, you know, for as, as much as we like some of the things they've done, we like what they've done in a vacuum. And I think we all sort of knew that this was a year two Luka move that they decided to make in year six because they built the team wrong. Um, there was this great uh, uh, Chris Henderson, C. Hendo on Twitter, did a, an interview with Derek Jones Jr. after practice yesterday. And, and Chris just must have forgot about the 2019 deal that near like I'll the non deal, <laughs> the non one of the eight Donnie Nelson non deals that fell through because Donnie was such a, so full of shit where there's reporting on this. Like Mark Stein had all the tweets. I went and found our article where it's like, first the Mavericks were going to get Goran Dragic and um, Derek Jones Jr. And then it changed to Derek Jones Jr. And Kelly Olenek. And then it just like completely fell through. And in hindsight, that was one of like, like we weren't very thrilled at the deal at the time, but in hindsight, the fact that they didn't do anything else <laughs> other than sign, you know, the, the Chris Porzingis and resign. Um, it's like, they just, they whiffed on so much of their team building over the years that where we are now is more a, a matter of necessity than desire, but it's the sort of start. It's the sort of do over where I feel like they can build, but if their two building block pieces aren't going to play or if they, they have injury concerns, that's just, that's the risk. That's the risk yeah. they took. And the funny part is, and I want, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because you actually um, started talking about this in our Slack yesterday. The national conversation around the Mavs is one of disinterest. It's not disgust, but it's kind of like, ah, just, I don't like even Zach Lowe is like, I don't really want to talk about them. They're not interesting to me. 
But everyone, the the general consensus is that the Mavericks are going to hit their under and their win total right now, at least ESPN's, was 43.5. So people think that the Mavericks are going to hit their under. So basically winning like 42, 41 games. Here's the thing, guys. They had an awful season last year and they still won 38. Like I just, I'm, there's a real reconciliation. And they probably would have won 40 if they wanted to. So So what we're talking about is a couple of coin flip games that go a different direction and the Mavericks are in that plan. We all know this. That's why they had to literally tank. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on sort of like the expectations surrounding this team right now, because I feel like there's just a general like, Ooh, what's the net? Like the new shiny thing is, is Shea, Shea Gillius Alexander and the Thunder. It's like the, the yeah. Mavericks are old news. They're not villains, though Luca, I think, might be a villain, but they're boring to people. And I, I just I don't know how to like like talk about that. Well, I mean, the thing that people have to understand is when you finish 11th in the Western Conference, you are no longer a darling to national people because national coverage, they have to devote, they have to pick and choose their battles. They cannot watch every single game every single night some guys will you know wake up like i think zach Lowe will watch some like one or two games live at night and then he'll wake up in the morning and like watch the other games you know so some national guys will watch you know they will try to watch but i mean it's just physically impossible to watch every single team's 82 game regular season all in real time like you can catch up so you have to pick your battles pick and choose and the mavericks finished 11th last season so it's on the onus for them to prove that they're a team worth caring about, even with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. When you have a bad season, it's not surprising that national pundits are going to maybe not be as interested in you. Uh, And especially, you know, the offseason moves they made, I think everyone agrees that they were all, like they basically had the best offseason they probably could have had considering, you know, the constraints that they had to to build this summer. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, they added – they didn't really add, you know, they didn't add an all-star. Like Grant Williams no. is their best acquisition, and he's been a bench player his whole career for the most part. Yeah. Um, not to say that that's not a good acquisition. We all thought it was great. Right. He's going to be a steal with that contract, all yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, they just kind of did the best they could with the bad hand that they were dealt. So I understand the the kind of maybe, I don't know if it's pessimism, but disinterest from, from the national media. But I also understand why local fans are like, wait, what's going on? Because like it was exciting that they used the draft. They have a lot of new pieces. So mm-hmm. I kind of understand the, the, the kind of bounce, you know, the kind of different uh, yin and yang of it there. Um, so, but I mean, again, uh, the team, that third, like, <laughs> They really are the 2020 team all over again. Like that team when it was missing Luca or Kristaps, it, it was tough because again, they just they have a lot of depth, but they just don't have high end depth. So mm. um, it's all about those two guys, top two guys playing, and and, and we'll see. So um, yeah, I don't blame the national media for how they feel about it, uh, but yeah. I also don't blame local fans for like maybe being a little upset about it. It's just it's just kind of the hand. That's kind of how it is. Yeah, and and what I was I have a number of dear friends in my life who are lakers fans i don't hold that against them that's just that's what they're born into but getting like very jealous over like the bucks boston coverage and talking about how oh, the, the media is not thinking about the lakers blah 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 and i like which first of all gigantic eye roll but second of all i said back to him it's like you know i prefer coming into the season with low expectations high expectations we've seen it we watched the mavericks do it expectations suck 
Okay. Because if, if you fail to perform to expectations, all everybody does is kick you down. So if there's like a, a little bit of, of an undercurrent of boredom with the Mavericks, that's fine. I would love to see the Mavericks come out and perform and win some games and get off to a good start. Even though I think through the first 30 games of both of Jason Kidd's seasons with the Mavericks, they basically played 500 basketball. So it's pretty unlikely they do, you know, they come out this year, but I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling, I like the, the kind of under the radar element of it because it's, there's enough. I didn't like the narratives to end the season. I didn't like the way that Luca was held to a completely different standard than superstar Damian Lillard about tanking. And it's like, just so it's like I'd rather people not talk about the Mavericks than hate on them. It's just that's that's sort of the way I'm I'm thinking about this. Um, we got a couple more things we want to talk about, but before we're gonna we're gonna kick to to uh, a, a podcast break here where we can insert some ads. Do us a favor and listen to them. That's the one way Josh and I make a little bit of uh, coin off of this. But while we're talking about this, if you could do me a favor, go ahead and hit the like button on this particular stream. That helps. Um, and if you would consider subscribing to the show on YouTube, as you guys may or may not know, we go live after every single game of the NBA season. And sometimes, actually most times, we do two live shows. First, we do this sort of show here where we have, uh, you know, we talk about the game that was and what Josh and I took away from it. And then about 30 minutes later, I host a live show where people, uh, where all of our you know fellow friends and Mavs fans can come up here and talk basketball with me. Um, one of the things I, I tend to circle back on is part of the reason that I did this is because I wanted to talk to other Mavs fans where I was living for a significant portion of my adult life. I didn't have anybody to talk basketball with. Um, and that's why I do this because I still want to talk basketball. So please join the, sh- uh, you know, consider subscribing, join the show. We have a lot of fun and we do a lot of content in the season. Um, also over at Mavs Moneyball. So let's kick to, uh, to an ad space and then we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Thanks, uh, listeners and viewers, for giving uh, me that little bit of a soliloquy. The next thing that we wanted to talk about was there were two uh, incident, uh, two media availabilities the last few days that I latched on to, and I wanted to get Josh's reaction to. The first um, friend of the program, Nick Angstad, asked Grant Williams some questions about Derek Lively. And one of the things that I liked was, was Grant Williams' pretty much candidness that it is on the veterans to help put Lively in a position to succeed and frankly, the candid admission that they need Derek Lively. And we've talked about this all offseason. We, then of course, the Mavericks need Derek Lively. 
But here's the thing about the Dallas Mavericks that I have grown accustomed to over the years. They blow an unimaginable amount of smoke up our asses about what they do and don't need because they're trying to control the narrative. I like this admission of they need Lively to be good. It's it's a silly thing. Maybe it's just me, but it's pointing to the sky and telling me that the sky's blue versus telling me that it's purple and I just have the wrong kind of glasses in. Did you have any reaction to, to those comments or did you even see them? Because I know the past few days have been chaotic for you. <laughs> Oh no, I, I did see them earlier today, and and yeah, it is a little refreshing because what have we been saying? I mean, basically since they've kind of since the draft is we understand the historical precedent of rookies on good teams and how unlikely it is for rookies to contribute to playoff teams right away. But on the other hand, you know, if you look at this Mavericks roster, if they want to get to the places they want to get to, Lively is going to have to contribute in some way or fo- some shape or form. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he has to be game one, maybe just at some point during the season, he has to do something, uh, to help this team win some games because otherwise the roster doesn't, you know, it's, it looks a lot similar to, to the roster last season. If he's not a major player, like it's, if it's Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba and, uh, insert other big here that are playing most of the big minutes, then, you know, you're going to see a lot of same things from last season, not to discount the good things that Dwight Powell does, but Lively's the new, he's new, he's an X factor. So um, it makes sense. And I'm sure they see the things in practice. I mean, he just physically can do things that some of the other bigs on the roster cannot do. He's so big. And, and I just, I circle back to that when I'm not being a whiner, about certain things. Cause it's like there he's out there with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony towns. And from a physical perspective, he looks like he fits or he belongs. And I just, I, I love that. And they are very bullish on him. He is saying the right things. If he comes out and commits five fouls in 20 minutes. Okay. You're still playing him 20 minutes. He's not hooked to the bench. I'm very interested in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like, uh, I mean, we, I mean, what was the narrative? A couple of, I felt like a couple of weeks, maybe in summer league, like he was going to start in the G league. Yeah. I remember. And now we're at the point where it's like, he's, I feel like he's the starter. Like, uh, unless something changes in the next week, I mean, they are talking about him. Like he's locked in like coaches, players like Grant Williams today. Like they're talking about him. Like he's the starter. So he must, it's either one of two things. He's either left a really good impression and he is, you know, taken to the coaching uh, very well um, or maybe things are a little more dire with the rest of the set of rotation and they feel like he has to play. Uh, but either way, you know, it's, it's pretty surprising to go from, uh, Hey, this guy might spend a lot of time in the G league to Oh, he's going to start opening night against Victor women. Um, like that's, I think that's encouraging in terms of he, he has to have left an impression on these, on this coaching staff since he's been in, in Dallas. Who do they play tomorrow? Who do they play Friday? They play Detroit. So you get God. to see a Sir Thompson and so well, well, the reason I, I ask is because he's gonna have gone against, at least on an NBA. Well, no, even even when they played Real Madrid, they they had that seven foot three guy. Um every single team he plays has somebody bigger than him. Because like Wiseman <laughs> is roughly his size, but Wiseman Wise Wiseman's softer than baby shit. But it, it I, I'm gonna be I'm, that's gonna be an interesting miss like game because they have a lot of like physical big guys um, that I, I'm gonna be curious to see how he does if he plays there and then again Victor Wembanyama on opening night like there is no rest for this guy against huge people and it's 
when you when you see all these centers listed out, it's kind of a reminder of this is why the Mavericks decided to go for a big, even though you and I, from a team building perspective, don't really we we you know we're we're a couple of former big men, so it's like we're we're a little <laughs> biased, but we don't value bigs and and you know in the team building structure. But I, I you know you see this all listed out, I get why they went for it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling very. I'm just I'm gonna be very bullish on him. I just I like the honesty because one of the things that that has been a hallmark from the Mavericks going back to Carlisle era is just a lot of like ob- obfuscation of of very simple things where they try to tell you, oh, well, we we have six cent, we have a we have a great big man rotation, and then you go through the big men and it's a bunch of guys that nobody else would want, like Willie Colley Stein. It's like, come on, what are we doing here? Um, all right, then there was another. Again, also by Nick. Nick uh, uh, asked Tim Hardaway today during practice uh, or after practice, kind of a following up on the question, you know, just a, the, the full story. And Nick did like a three-minute video on this that was very good. Um, Jason Kidd over the summer said that Tim Hardaway was going to be coming off the bench, you know, more like more than likely that he's going to be coming off the bench. And media day, someone asked him about that. And Tim Hardaway essentially said, that's not a discussion I've had. To which Nick did a follow up to say, with Tim Hardaway, only to say that no, they've still not had that discussion. And Tim is a professional. Okay. Tim talked about on the JJ Reddick podcast two and a half years ago about how he can kind of do either. And he basically gave that answer again today. What this did, though, was just, and, and it's so funny because you and I were so vehemently against the kid hiring. And I think since we've just kind of shrugged our shoulders because we know he's not going anywhere. Mm. But what this sort of stuff does, where it's very clear that that these guys aren't having the simple, like they're not having conversations they should be having. And it, it makes the fan base so angry. <laughs> and I'm just like, I get it because it's like, you know, as I tweeted today, those of us who work office jobs, it's the equivalent of you having a boss that does not like that comes and talks to you, but doesn't talk to you about what you're supposed to be doing. And it's, it's a really strange, it's just a strange thing. And I don't know how to read about it other than the fact that, you know, Tim's a professional. I think Tim can succeed in either role and Tim's shooting is pretty darn important to the Mavericks. Yeah. As we kind of saw in the, in the preseason, um, cause I don't think Tim played in the first two Abu Dhabi games and then, and the Mavericks offense looked like uh dog doo doo. And then he played in the Real Madrid game. And shockingly the best, I think the Mavericks looked in that game was when he was on the floor. Um, he shot a lot of threes. He loved that shorter three point line. Uh, that was pretty fun to watch, but yeah. Um, I think it's also giving people some PTSD to Christian Wood because this is basically how the Ooh. Christian Wood era started last summer where kids said he's going to come off the bench, get to training camp. Reporters asked Wood about it. He's like, oh, we never talked about it. And there's kind of this – I mean, it's literally the exact same thing happening again. The only difference is at least with Tim, he's on a – he's not on an expiring contract. He's been on the team for a while. Um, so it's a, it's a little different. He's more integrated in the locker room, things like that. So – I don't have as much – I'm not worried about this being something that maybe affects the locker room compared to something like Christian Wood because Wood obviously had his his reputation coming into Dallas. Mm. Uh, so we'll see there. Um, but from Tim's point of view, I, I kind of understand it because yep. 
like think about it from his perspective like you know he knows that the locked in starters are, are Kyrie Luca Grant and then it's going to be a big guy so obviously the last spot is a guard or wing uh-huh. and he's looking you know he looks at how, how good he is and, and he looks at Josh Green and and Omex Prosper and Derek Jones like he absolutely probably believes he's like I'm better like I'm better than these guys like are you kidding me like I I'm almost a, you know, 18 point per game score. Like I'm a 15 to 18 point per game scorer. These guys like can't even get the double figures. Like I'm one of the best three point shooters in the league. Like he probably absolutely believes he should be that, that final perimeter uh, starter next to Luca and Kyrie. Um, And the Mavericks have had a ton of success with him on the floor next to Luca because Luca kind of unlocks the best of Tim because Tim is at his best when he is shooting threes and not doing a lot of uh, self-creation or, or freelancing. And when Luca and Kyrie are on the floor, there's just no room for him to do anything but move and shoot, like spot up shoot. Like uh, when he's on the, when he's coming off the bench and Luca or Kyrie on the floor, that gives him more opportunity to maybe take pull up twos and, and maybe drive into some, into some ill-advised shots at the rim. Cause his two point percentage isn't that great, especially last season. Um, but like the numbers with Luca and, and Tim on the floor are for, since, since Tim's been here, are, are pretty great so like from his mind i'm sure he's like why wouldn't i be the third st- the you know the fifth starter or whatever so i get it um and this mavericks coaching staff is just gonna have to navigate this and, and hope it doesn't fester into something um, i don't know how they're gonna go about it but yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be something to watch because you know also you look at the summer i mean they basically signed his replacement in seth mm-hmm. curry so you know he talked about first day of training camp he talked about like yeah i didn't even know if i was going to be here so um i think the big thing is going to be how do the mavs navigate their 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 guard rotation because they've got luca Kyrie, seth Jaden hardy um, tim Just a lot of bodies yeah and not all those guys can play um so how do you manage that and does that mm-hmm. mean a trade's coming like I, that's just going to be something to watch uh, all season until they make a trade that maybe makes things a little bit cleaner from a men's perspective. Mm-hmm. I had I had one person, so this this gets into the last sort of thing that I want to talk about. Um, the Mavericks have, I think, five ish, six full days to basically uh, get Josh Green signed to an extension. Yeah, October twenty third. I have advocated for it pretty loudly. Oddly enough, even though Josh Green has been a guy I've just disparaged on this show for three straight years, because I think that Josh Green is more valuable to the Mavericks than he is another team. Um, because Josh is Josh has a specific set of skills, but I don't think he's ever going to be like a 16 point per game guy. Uh, that said, I don't like the way the NBA salary structure has so many people so confused about who's worth what. And I think, you know, if they get a new TV deal, you want to lock a guy in is sort of where I'm coming from. But I had a guy, um, I'm trying to see if I can find it in my notifications, but he basically responded back to me today um, to tell me that he thinks uh, that they're not going to sign him because they want to be able to trade him, have the option to trade him during the season as part of a package. And if you do that, you can't move him for, I think, at least a year, which is a, is a good counter argument. It's the most maverick shit way of approaching business, which is how we lost Jalen Brunson. Um, so congratulations to the Mavericks for, for continuing to do these, these things, but I, I, yeah, it's I, here it is. It was Ryan Dio Campo. Thanks Ryan for this. He said, re-signing Josh just complicates his ability to be traded and locking him into the number. 
He is not likely to overperform, just handcuffs him for no reason. My guess is Josh THJ Holmes and the number 27 first round pick for Rob Williams and Brogdon or Grant or somebody like that. And that can't happen until December 15th. Not really commenting on the trade because I'm bad at that sort of stuff, but I think like that's that sounds like Maverick thinking to me. Um, is sort of where I settled with that. And I, I find myself just at a crossroads of frustration and acceptance because one of the things that is is going to be very difficult for me if what doesn't happen if the Mavericks don't pan out despite taking steps we would have liked we wanted them to take this summer is the fact that like they have have marched sort of where they are as a team is almost entirely of their own doing and so if things don't work it becomes we have to revisit history and like nobody likes that no one likes talking about how you got here because it's not fun to revisit failures and i just i don't know like the josh of it all it shouldn't really matter because he's a nine point per game scorer who is a guard that's miscast as a wing because he played some he is he is burly um i i I just i don't know where i stand on the josh thing i find myself sort of second guessing my own column (laughs) what do you think um I just don't understand. I guess I'm confused on how this is like where the stalemate is here. Like, because you don't want him to get to, to restricted free agency. I don't think, because that just can introduce some problems. I just don't like, re- yeah, that's a, just, that's a wild, because what if there's a wild card team that, that, you know, like what if the Spurs, the Spurs have a ton of cap room. What if they just decide, Hey, we're going to give you $80 million. And then now the Mavericks have to match that or, you know, you just get into a situation where you kind of take the control away and that's never good. But I'm trying to figure out like, like where is it, where is the standoff coming from? Is Josh asking for more or the Mavericks trying to lowball him? Because like, let's be real. He is, you know, you look at his body of work and obviously he's improved tremendously every season, like literally rookie to sophomore to, to his third season last like it's he's gone up every single season so yeah. he's done well but again he started from a very low spot you know he is not a double he has not averaged double figures at in his career he is still kind of a bit player up until now you know maybe he's going to be the starter on opening night but i'm um, you know first three years of his career he couldn't get off the bench to mm-hmm. occasional bench guy to occasional starter occasional bench like you know like there's no way the Josh Green camp can reasonably expect him to be like, are they asking for like 70 or $80 million? Like, right. Like it, it, cause then I understand why the Mavs are like, no, no you know? we just like, got Grant Williams who yeah. is better for yeah. cheaper. So like, is that where that's coming from? But that seems pretty preposterous considering where Josh, like I can't imagine right. his team. Like he, he was, where's the, where's the leverage position from the Josh Green side of things? Like he's where's lucky. the money. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like the way this gets done is maybe it gets done. And like, if we're talking about like what's fair, it needs to be in that like four to 50 to 60 range somewhere. Um, Anything more than maybe I understand why the Mavs are, but then, yeah. So, but again, if, if the green camp is really adamant that they want more and he gets to restricted free agency, like that's a problem, you know, the Mavericks are eventually gonna have to get to a point where they need to reach a, a, a comfort zone of like, Okay, where where can we get where we just we feel comfortable signing something so that we just don't let this thing uh, linger? Because th- yep. they have to get it, so they have to figure it out. They have to get a deal done. That's why, like, that's their job. That they're paid. Well, I, I, at really- this point, I don't think they're gonna. Like, I sort of just get the the, and I don't know why. I have nothing 
to base this off of. I just think they're going to let this go into next year and say, go get a deal. Otherwise we're going to sign you to like four for 44. And, and maybe that's the play. I just, I have some residual like ugh, about the, you know, cause I, I wrote this and it, this is crazy. When you think about this players that the Mavericks have drafted, they signed the, these are the guys they have signed to second contracts that they have drafted. So Dwight Powell, Chris Porzingis do not count. It is Dirk Nowitzki, Josh Green, Devin Harris, Luka Doncic. That is it since 1999. Did you get Howard in there? Yeah. So okay, Luka, I'm sorry, Dirk, Josh Howard, Devin Harris, Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and that's not abnormal. Like the Knicks went 30 years without signing somebody. It's, it's like <laughs> we sort of misunderstand this because it's like, oh, you first and second round draft picks, you're going to sign those guys to deals. They're going to be on your team. No, there's a lot of player movement. So it's not the Mavericks aren't alone in this. It's just I am a guy. My team building perspective that I would do if I were GM is based off of the draft. You like the Golden State Warriors built their dynasty through the draft, yep. you know, and, and it's it's the way the 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 um, current or previous CBA really really pushed towards. And I it's just it's in the Mavericks never have done it that way. Like they got Luca and then they tried to skip to the head front of the line, which is I don't blame them for. You get a generational talent, you try to do that sort of thing. But it just it makes me a little uncomfortable when. You see all these, like, if the Mavericks do want to be a player in trade markets, okay, it helps to have tradable guys, too. Yeah. You know, and, that's how they got Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and um, I know some people think, like, you know, you maybe a player is more desirable when there's less money on his deal. But for a player like Josh, a young player that's growing and developing, he is more desirable on the trade market with a long-term deal because a team can – Yeah, because he's young and a team can be like, okay – we have him guarantee, like, you know, if they get him signed to an extension, when the Mavericks are, are, if the Mavericks offer him in trades, other teams can be like, oh, we can trade for him and we get him controlled, cost controlled for four years while he develops into whatever projection like model thinks he can be. That's way more valuable than, oh, he's expiring. He's restricted free agent. You're going to have yep. to negotiate a new contract. Like all this, like other teams don't want to do that. Like, nope. They just want to trade for a guy that they have. They don't have to think about, and they can just he can be on their team for four years. So, yep. he that's another incentive to get a deal done. He'll be much more desirable in the trade market. That's where I, I and that's where I I sort of and I didn't tweet back at him today because I just didn't have time. But that was where I disagreed with the guy that was that was you know using. So we'll we'll use him in a trade. You have to want to keep Josh Green, and like that's sort of my point. Where I look around at the young guards in the league, despite Josh being just twenty one. We as a Mavs fan base sort of horrendously overrate him because we want him to be something more, but he's not like, he's very inconsistent. Like that's okay. He's young, but that's the sort of gamble that you take on your own guys. If you believe in him enough and maybe the Mavericks don't because like they haven't started them. Yeah. Like, like that, that's like probably the last kid thing started should... Justin holiday, like two days into Justin holiday's Mavericks career. And if, and if that's the case, then move him already. Like yeah. stop with this this game, like you know, like because we get the whispers from like McMahon and other reporters are like, oh, he's like, we won't trade John. Like he's like not on maybe not untouchable, but he's like on their list of like you know, they turned down they've turned down offers. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim McMahon has said that they turned down you know Clint Capella to trades because Atlanta wanted Josh Green. So do, do you value him or do you not? You know, so like, right. shit or get it, off it the can't pot. Can't be this. It can't be this kind of game. Um, yeah. 
That is, that is, and I think that might be the last thing that we talked about or that we could talk about and then we could go. There's been some sort of discussion about the fact that uh, Dennis, uh, not Dennis, uh, Derek Jones Jr. uh, might start uh, at the three, which is very interesting. Because is that fan speculation, or did that come out of training camp quotes or practice? A re- a really Stein. good. I, I want to say it was Stein, but I don't want to misquote him, and I don't want to look for it. But this was a real <laughs> thing that was out there. Okay. For a it while. wasn't just fan wish casting, um, right? Well, cool. well okay. why would you wish cast the guy that a lot of us think is best as a small ball five to be the <laughs> to be the, the starting three? Well, and the answer is, I think, is defensive presence and. Derek Jones Jr., if there's one thing about him, and, and the Bulls guys will tell you this. Uh, yes, yeah, Char- Charlie in the chat says, I think Stein got that from Kid. That's why I remember remember reading it too. Is is Derek Jones is a is an actual good defender. He cannot defend up, meaning he can't defend bigger guys, but he can defend wings. And I wonder if sort of the 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 thought process is is if these Mavericks need to get off to a good start of the year, you go and try to actually play some defense. Now makes me a little uncomfortable that your minimum signing, your last signing of the offseason jumps into a starting role, but I'm also not really wholly opposed from it because I, I think that that everyone is is probably like the good start thing, I think is it's just my guess, but that's gonna be I think that's gonna be a narrative because the Mavericks just can't they're not good enough to be able to play from behind this season. So maybe yeah. that's why they start him and they see where it goes because I do think he gives you a defensive presence that the rest, you know, him and Grant Williams and Derek Lively. Not a bad defensive front line, kind of fun. Very athletic, like not the uh, kind of weird on offense, but like again, do you care if Luca and Kyrie exist? <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the thought process. Is how do we best maximize Derek Jones Jr. And a lot of these answers are with these players that don't have offensive games. Is play them next to Luca and Kyrie because then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It'll it ma- it might matter in uh, high leverage situations you probably can't get away with it but when you're playing like a reg you know 82 games regular season schedule where teams aren't scouting you as hard you can absolutely get away with 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 Derek Jones playing in a starting lineup with with Luca and Kyrie um the thing that I'm wondering is is if he legit if he's garnering interest as a starter again then this take us back to Josh Green and like how do they how much do they value him if the guy that they picked up Right before training camp, their last offseason signing is is going to start, and not your 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 fourth year forward that you've invested a, a, a decent first round pick into in development time and has yep. shown improvements. Like that offer, that's another question mark for me. Like if if Jones is starting over Green, um, but another another thing might be maybe the Mavericks see how Green plays with Luca and Kyrie last season. Granted, it was a very very small sample, and they saw how he played without one of Luca or Kyrie. And maybe they feel like he's better coming off the bench because he gets the ball in his hands more and he seems to be more assertive when he's not playing next to Luke and Kyrie. So maybe that's the thought process. But if it is, if that's how they feel about those guys going forward, again, that's maybe that's why we're seeing the stalemate kind of – well, not stalemate, but maybe that's why we're not seeing as much chatter about Green's extension if the Mavericks see him as a bench guy. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm – I'm sure Green's camp absolutely believes that he can he should be a starter at this point in his career. So which is Mavericks, yeah, which yeah, I mean, I think he's he's shown enough that I that I absolutely think that that's a fair position. So uh, maybe that's why we haven't seen a deal done because maybe the Mavericks don't see him as a starter. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, is there anything else we want to touch on? 
Man, I don't know. Um, I'm excited to kind of want, I hope Detroit plays people because they've got kind of a really, they've been bad for so, one of the things about them being bad for like five years, like really, really bad for like five or six they years. They have some incredible draft pick players, guys. <laughs> yes. uh, I want to watch Cade and, and Asur. Uh, is, am I saying his first name right? Asur. Asar. Asar. Uh, yeah. I want to see him and Cade and and even like the ghost of of Marvin uh, of Bagley. Jaden Ivy exists. The yes, fastest also, freaking dude. My goodness, they they've got they a just... fun crop of crop of guys. I don't know if they're going to be any good, but they've got a fun fun group of, Bunch of young blue chippers. Yeah, I don't know because like the the final preseason game is always weird. It's weird. Yeah. Um. Nobody wants to get hurt. It's kind of a, you know <laughs> this happens in football too. Um. Luke is not playing. Luke could probably play. Luke could probably play right now. Like the the and he's just not I, yeah I do I do I mean because or anything to mess around with I mean my I, I I did I did I share with you my hot take uh, not yet I don't this think. is a complete conspiracy theory that is based on nothing and is a joke I will repeat this is a joke but what if the Mavericks are 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 making sure Luca hurts his left calf so he stops taking step back threes. <laughs> Because it's the same calf he hurt uh, uh, in the against the Spurs uh, two two playoffs ago, and so it's not entirely unsurprising that's that's his kind of load and explode leg. Um, so yeah, they're they're being cautious. I, I do think he could play because it's Luca is never not going to be hurt. I'm sorry, he's 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 just never not going to be hurt in some way, shape, or form. It's can he play? And I think the answer is yeah, he probably can, but it, they don't want to make it worse. So why would you? Okay, so. That's just my take. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, we'll see where we go from here. So we'll probably record Friday night, probably a short podcast, yeah. and I'll probably do a live show just to get it under my belt. Um, and then the Mavericks play uh, eight days from today. You know, regular season kicks off. San Antonio Spurs. I'm here excited. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, head over to uh, MavsMoneyBall.com where the wonderful staff members have been churning out content like mm-hmm. nobody's business. I have a panic attack every preseason where I'm like, how are we going to do the thing? Because we have like post quotas we're supposed to hit. And then lo and behold, everybody shows up. My favorite weird series, and, and they're not getting read because I see the page views, but that's fine, is this uh, <laughs> is this win totals columns that are, are uh, kind of guys that are more interested in gambling have been turning in, where it's just basically an excuse to write about the other team. It's like another team season preview. And some of them are pretty fun, man, where it's like you look at it and it's like, gosh, like Portland's over, like, like win total. They're just going to be really like a really interesting team. There's just all sorts of stuff out there on our site. You know, that like some of the stuff that we wrote over the weekend. We have one writer, his name's Clint. Clint never writes. He drives me crazy with this because he is in his own head all the time. Because every but time he writes, it's really funny. Or, and it's or really funny. And it's, he yeah. wrote this great column that I ran. He wrote it like two weeks ago, but I saved it for closer to the season because it was that kind of thing. And I'm trying to, where is it here? Um, I'm scrolling through the site. He wrote um, a piece that's called Looking Forward to and Dreading the Dallas Mavericks Season. And it's such a great summary of being a fan at this stage and kind of the Mavs team building process. There's some really good stuff on our site, guys. If you head over, if you make it part of your daily routine, you're going to find stuff every day. Um, We aren't quite as... You know, there's there's Dalton site, DallasBasketball.com. They will, you know, Grant, I think, Grant Afseth, I think, does this full time. So, like, they're a little better about, like, the daily, like, like even down to the minutia posts. We try, but sometimes we just don't get to it. But, you know, there's going to be something up unique every day. Um, we're going to be really I'm, – I'm sort of leveraging – we have this uh, company Slack company. We're not company. We're damn fan site. 
Um, <laughs> but we have these conversations all day and I've been berating our staff because I'm like, guys, stop writing in here and write for the website that we run. And lo and behold, we have a couple of, we have like a, like a 1500 word conversation about centers that I thought was great from uh, Matthew and from uh, Brent and from David Trink. We have all sorts of stuff up on the site. Just consider popping over there, reading stuff during your lunch hour, sign up, leave comments, love that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and while I'm, you know, shilling, go ahead and once again, subscribe to, uh, to our, to the, uh, podcast feed and to the YouTube channel. So do you have anything else before we go? No, I think that's it. It is fun to get back in the grind. Um, it is fun to get back in the grind. I'm going to go play, uh, I'm going to go play more breath of the wild. It is 20, yeah. it is 2017 in my head. I do. <laughs> I had to put down Starfield. I was like, I got to pick one, and I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild for right now. So. <laughs> You're going to get, yeah, this is Starfield. I feel like that's the one where it's like, I got to stop playing, or I'm going oh, yeah. like, to lose my job or get kicked yeah, out. Yeah, that's of the house. both of them, really, because yeah. it's like Breath of the Wild and these, these, those Zelda games are incredible, but it's, mm-hmm. just, it's a great, I don't know. It's, it's with, I, the, obviously, the TV strike was very, very bad for everybody in Hollywood, but there's not anything I like want to watch on TV right now. So it's like basketball season is coming at a great time. So I'm like, hey, stuff to watch. And my wife, I can just tell her she's just rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow, Pod Maverick, thanks so much for spending part of your night with us. We will be back Friday night, and mm-hmm. we will talk with you guys soon. Go Mavs. <laughs>